Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. In fact, we're going to be looking at another parable, our first one, first time looking at this one before. Again, we're in the book of Luke. We're looking at chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, and we're going to begin at verse 13, Luke 12 and 13. And the word of God reads, it says, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The title of today's message is The Right Riches. The Right Riches. Here in our text, Jesus had just been confronted by the, the, um, the, the Pharisees as they came up to him and, and they were trying to challenge him as they normally did. And they sat there and confronted him, trying to get him to say something that would give them cause to, uh, to, to attack him or cause to put him on blast, so to speak. So Jesus here, he sat there and after he talked to them and dealt with them, he turns his disciples and he says, listen, the Pharisees, their leaven is hypocrisy. He was letting them know they're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. And he went on to tell them, he said, then he went on to say this. He says, don't, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of man, but rather be afraid of God who can destroy your body and your soul. Don't worry about them. And as he went on and taught his disciples and all of these other people were pressing around, then that's when this young dude, I like to call him a young dude. I believe he was youthful. And he opened up and started asking Jesus to confront his brother and tell him that he should give him his inheritance. Now, when the man approached Jesus about making his brother do that to give him his quote-unquote share of his inheritance. Jesus let him know that he wasn't their judge or divider. In other words, Jesus wasn't there to settle these types of disputes. That wasn't what he was there for. 
That's not what he was called to do because there were processes for that through legal means. If he had an issue, if his brother didn't do something right, he had a legal recourse to be able to handle that. But it's curious that he didn't want to use that. Let, let's keep looking here. You see, it, it appears that he had a mind to do his brother wrong and would have Christ to try to assist him in doing that. You say, Pastor, wait a minute. Where'd you get that? Well, let's look a little dip, deeper and we're going to cross over to some things he's already taught us. Let's look a little deeper. The law gave the elder brother what? A double portion. That's what the law did. It gave him a double portion of the estate. And the father himself could not dispose of what he had, but by that same rule. So the father couldn't change it. The brother couldn't change it. He wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. He was simply following the guidelines that were laid up for him now and for both of them. And he would have Christ to alter that law and encourage his brother who could have been a follower of Christ, by the way. That's probably why he was trying to wink, wink, get Jesus to do it for him. So he was probably a, a follower of Christ and wanted him to divide the inheritance equally with him and share and share alike and to allot him to have just as much as the elder brother. Now notice, after all this is going on, Jesus already discerned it. How do we know? Because the next thing he lets us know, this is why he began to take this as an opportunity to warn against covetousness. He wanted to warn him against covetousness, which is a desire of having more than what God has allotted us. The desire for having more than what God has allotted us. Another way of seeing this is that it was not a lawful desire of getting his own. It wasn't about getting what was his, but a sinful desire and getting more than his own getting more than what he should have, more than what belongs to him. And then this is where Jesus begins the parable. Look with me at verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Here, this story is about a wealthy man, a wealthy man who owned land that was very productive, very productive. I mean, it was just popping everywhere. You had fruit everywhere. He, he had all kind of stuff and wasn't worried about it. No miracle grow needed there. He was good. Everything was producing. The first thought was of concern that he had. His first thought of concern because he didn't have anywhere to put the excess of his increase. Did you catch that? The excess of his increase, not just the increase, but there's excess beyond this increase that was abnormal, that he had no place for. He said, wait a minute, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going to put this stuff? Where am I going to put these things? This is what he's trying to figure out. Now, a couple things I, I want us to take a look at. First, 
I want to ask you a question. Do we see where this man stopped at any moment to give God thanks for this increase? Do we see him thank God at all in the midst of this? Now, if this had been me, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to say this is me. If I'm sitting here and all of a sudden this crop that comes in, I know I'm blessed, but there this crop comes in and it's more than I could have imagined. You mean to me everything, all this stuff I have, it's not even enough to keep it. I've got stuff all over the place and I'm trying to find a place to put it. That's the time to praise God. That's time to give God thanks. That's time to go running around the house and saying, Lord, thank you for what you just did. Is that what this man did? No, didn't pause for a moment to give God thanks for what he had just received. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice that he only thought within himself. He only thought within himself. He didn't ask God for guidance. So let's, get, let's, let's look at this for a second. He didn't thank God for the increase that he didn't know what to do with. And then he didn't seek God to know what to do with the stuff he didn't ask for. I need somebody to take just a moment and type in chat. God guide me. God guide me. Listen, we need God to guide us. Listen, in every step that we take, wherever we go, however, our, our careers, we need him to guide us. Listen, with our families, we need him to guide us. With our decisions that we must make, we need God to guide us. Ask him for his guidance. Ask him to help you. Listen, we're availing ourselves to him. How much more do you think he wants to guide us? How much more do you think he wants to guide us? Here, this man had all of these things increase and plus more of abundance and he didn't even seek the lord to see exactly what god would want him to do also we don't see where he thought about taking some of those goods and selling them in the market to generate revenue and perhaps doing i don't know producing jobs he could have found somebody and say hey listen guys i'll tell you what why don't you all be salesmen for me you can take this to the market. I'll pay you a commission off of what's there. There's no point in just letting it sit here. Why don't you go ahead and do that for me? He could have actually helped people create jobs and help people in this community. No, didn't do that. Okay, here's something else he could have done. I don't know. Maybe there are people who need food, people who are hungry, people who need help. Couldn't he have gone and helped the widows and the orphans? which is undefiled religion, by the way. Couldn't he have gone and just help them? Help those who maybe who, 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 who um, were sick of the palsy because they couldn't get up and go to work. They couldn't be around others to give them food. You have so much, you can't store it all. So be a blessing to somebody else. No, he didn't think about that either. Didn't think about any of that. But let's, let's keep going and see exactly how his mindset was. Look with me at verse 18. Look at verse 18. And he said, this will I do. 
I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, this boy talking to himself in third person. I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So this boy talking to himself. After he's trying to figure out, he said, oh, oh, I got it. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a bigger barn. I'm, I'm going to tear down these barns and I'm going to build a bigger barn. That's how I'm going to do it. He thinks that making a bigger barn is the best solution. He thinks making a bigger barn is the best solution. He doesn't stop to consider the expense and efforts that it will take to tear down the current barns. Notice, that's with an S, barns with an S, because he didn't have one barn. So he's got multiple, two or more barns that are full of stuff, full of fruit and goods. And he, he doesn't have any, he doesn't have any place to put it. He's going to tear those down and he's going to build a barn that's bigger and greater. They can house everything in. This is what he's thinking to have a bigger barn. Now, the smaller barns, by the way, they're functional. They're functional. They're working. He can get everything in it. I don't know if it's a, a storage problem or if it's a management problem. We don't know that. But all we know is that he's not even considering it. He's tearing it all down. I'm going to build me another one. We're going to put everything in there. Okay? He doesn't stop to think through common concerns. I know some of you are looking and saying, oh, Pastor, yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, what about this and what about that? You know what? I had the same idea. Let me share a couple of them with you, okay? What will be the cost of managing this larger barn? How much is this going to cost you? I mean, I know you got money for days. I get that. But how much is it cost, cost you to manage the ones you got that are running over, by the way? So how are you going to manage this one by moving all that stuff in there plus the stuff that's in excess? Who's going to take care of it? Where are you putting everything? I mean, did he stop to think about that? These are, you know, just questions to think about, right? Just questions to think about. Now, what happens if the harvest next season, here's another one. What happens if the harvest next season comes in, watch this, much smaller? So now you have this big old barn that you put all this stuff in. Expected all this stuff to come through, but, but how many of you know if you ever have been around a farm, near a farm, know anybody who's owned a farm or worked on a farm, that sometimes the harvest goes up and sometimes the harvest goes down. So how are you going to handle it going forward if it's smaller? Now you have all this space. You have to make sure things don't come in. You have to make sure there's the right humidity. How do you handle all of that? Have you thought about that? If the harvest is smaller, how are you going to do that? How are you going to deal with these things? Listen, if, if, he, had, if he already isn't able to, to use up all that he has in the smaller barns, if he isn't able to use up everything that he has in the smaller barns, what is, going, what is he going to do with all of that fruit and goods in the bigger barn, you have this, these smaller barns. 
you're not able to use up everything in there. So you're going to just put them all in a bigger barn that you're still not going to be able to use up everything. Now, he made sure to mention to let us know that he had fruits. Now, me being from Georgia, one of my favorite fruits is right around this time of year, peaches. I know that there's only but so long a peach is going to last. Otherwise, it's, you're going to look at it, it'll start getting brown. After it gets brown, then it starts spoiling. So either you're going to eat it when it's ripe or you're going to lose it. So why in the world are you making these bars to put all this fruit in to rot? He probably has rotten fruit in those other two barns, of two plus barns, but he's not managing this at all. He's not even thinking about how it could benefit others at all. So maybe if this is the issue. Maybe this is the issue. He's so rich that it doesn't matter. He's so rich that it doesn't matter. He's not worried about it one iota. So then the question becomes this. What is his motivation? What is his motivation here? Why is this something that he's doing? I want to tell you this one thing. It amounts to one word. It amounts to one word. That word is greed. It amounts to greed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.